Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Peter Crumpler is a self-supporting minister in St Albans Diocese and a former director of communications at Church House Westminster. He's also a season ticket holder at Brentford FC, a club he has supported for more than half a century. In this week's Church Times, Peter writes about some of the surprising lessons that the church can learn from football. I spoke to him. And we're excited to tell you about the Church Times Festival of Faith and Literature. It takes place at Bloxham School in Oxfordshire on Friday the 21st and Saturday the 22nd of February. Speakers this year explore the power of love, its passion and its excitement, but also its pain and sorrow. Speakers include Mark Oakley, Susanna Lipscomb, Joe Baker, Sam Wells and Malcolm Geit. To explore the festival programme and to buy tickets for talks, go to bloxamfaithandliterature.hymnsam.co.uk or Google Church Times Festival of Faith and Literature. Peter, so the image of football has been somewhat tarnished in recent years with um, racist abuse at matches, um, some financial scandals, problems with gambling. Um, But you think there are positives to the beautiful game that the church could learn from? Yes, I, th- I think there are a range of positives. I mean, I wouldn't want to sort of say that football is this sort of glowing thing with high moral calibre and and, uh, and things like that. I, I think we look at a whole range of society's woes, society's issues, if you like, through the lens of, of football. Uh, racism is a good example. Uh, that's something that that football has really tried to combat in a very sort of programmed way, and yet it still lingers. Issues around mental health, mental health of players and people watching it. Get gambling is is a big issue only in the news this this past week with the FA finding itself indirectly involved in, in a deal that would mean people would have to place a bet or sign up with a gambling company to to watch the the FA Cup. So there's all, the, all these big society issues that I think we discuss, as it were, through football. Everybody wants to talk about football. It's a great leveller, if you like. And all these issues are, are writ large within the football community. And therefore, we find ourselves talking about them. Um, and what I sought to do in, in the article in this, this week's edition is, is to take a look at football, if you like, through the lens of my... <laughs> What's the word? My devotion, my my commitment to one particular football club over 50 years um, to look at that football club at a particular um, period in its history in, in that the, the club that I follow, Brentford Football Club in the championship, it's a, it's a West London club. It's usually overshadowed by Fulham or Chelsea or perhaps Queen's Park Rangers, but it's a club I've supported for more than 50 years. And this year, after 115 years in one location, in one football ground, Griffin Park, it's going to move to another stadium, a a glossy, new, shiny new stadium about two miles down the road. But because of that, it's really been, I think, a chance for us as football supporters to look at the club and, and see the affection with which we hold it. Uh, and it's because of that, I don't know, focus on that affection that's made me think about the, the parallels and indeed the differences between the church and this particular football club 
and and what can I as as a Church of England priest and as a season ticket holder um, what lessons can I draw and are, are there things that you know we can speak to the wider church out of my experience of sitting in that seat through you know a number of decades and seeing what's unfolded at that that football club and I mean you talk about your devotion to, to Brentford FC I mean it sounds like it, it's much more than simply a, a hobby or or, or or recreational activity for you that's a good question. I, it's certainly a following, and, and, and I, and I realise that for many um, football supporters, their commitment to a club does border on a religion, if you like. It's something that is, is a key part of their identity. One of the things that I've been struck by this year is that as we leave behind Griffin Park, where the the club has been for so many years people have been asked to come up with their memories of the ground and what i expected to hear is that people would be talking about um the matches that we won the matches we lost the promotions the the uh, the relegations and, and things like that what has been coming out is more interesting i think people have been talking about their fathers, their grandfathers, their mothers, their grandmothers, their brothers and sisters, their husbands, their wives, the people that they have been going to matches with down through the years. So it's a much more almost, you know, deeply emotional thing. I, I wrote a, uh, a blog back in the summer when I talked about uh, the football ground, Griffin Park, being a sacred place to so many people because it was so precious to them and this was picked up by the uh, football supporters network uh, and they discussed it online they discussed it in, in, a, in a, a radio program that they host and I was really struck that somebody contacted I think it was the, the, the radio program and said that when a match is being played and it gets to a really you know uh, tight thing happening on the pitch, uh, a penalty maybe or something like that, or a critical match going into extra time. They said that they could see, and that was the expression they used, they could see their father standing with them on, on the terraces where that their father had, you know, had, had long gone, had long, had long died. So that to me underlined just how deeply spiritual a football ground following a football club could be. So I can see the connections with uh, with faith, with uh, a form of religion, but but I think I was also very struck about that. You know, many people have written about the parallels between football and religion and faith, and certainly I could see those coming out very strongly. But I think what I wanted to say was actually there are some very real differences. So why don't we focus on them and see what we can learn from looking at football in, through that lens? And we will look at some of those those differences and what the church can learn. But just briefly, I mean, it also strikes me when you talk about um, Griffin Park that there's that real sense of place and it linking people to a particular location. I mean, are there any parallels with the parish? Well, I, I think absolutely. I, I, I mean, the, the the Church of England is is so very much rooted to this sense of sense of place, isn't it? it it's a, to me, it's a very key part of our, our identity is, is the parish system 
that people will go to a church and will say, you know, I'm, I'm my mother, my father is buried in, in the churchyard. Um, uh, talk of a, a relative, you know, with whom they've been coming for, for many, many years. Um, very easily, in uh, I, I've been ministering in a church that's uh, uh, just about 900 years old. And as I say that, 900 years old, we almost take that sort of longevity for granted. But the, the, the intricate roots that, that churches, particularly parish churches, have with their localities are really very strong indeed. Uh, and, and what we see in, in, the, in, in football grounds is, if you like, an, an echo of that. Uh, the roots maybe aren't as, are, as long, but they certainly as strong. Uh, and, and I think I'm seeing that in terms of leaving Griffin Park. At the halftime in each league match, we are having a countdown and somebody of significance to the club will come and, uh, you know, take down a number that indicates we are one more match towards leaving Griffin Park. And often that's, put, that's a person who's had links with the club through many, many decades. Should we talk about some of the differences then or some of the um, things you note in the article that, that the church could learn? I mean, the first, I think, is diversity. That's right. Yeah, I, I came up with four main headings and, and one of them was was diversity in that I, I've been struck how um, I, I think from my experience of Brentford, and I'm sure this is, this is common to many other clubs, that it, it used to be that overwhelmingly or almost everybody who went was was male and and white. Uh, and by and large, Brentford has done has made great strides. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not perfect by any means, but. Uh, it made great strides of, of, of getting more diversity, uh, both in its links into the community and by the the, the crowd that, it, that it, it attracts. And I was particularly struck by the, the Times journalist, Matthew Syed, who, who went along to, to a, a Brentford match and, and, and just noted the diversity in, in, in the audience, in, 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 in the crowd, which, which, which struck him very much. And I think I, I was able to go to the AGM of the Brentford Community uh, Foundation uh, a few months back. Uh, and there I was struck by, by the range of things that the club was doing in, in the community, working with uh, young carers, working with deaf children and adults, having a mentoring scheme for, for young people. Uh, and reaching out, to use a word that we use in the church, reaching out in a very diverse way. And, and would you say diversity um, across class as well? I mean, people often think of football as um, something that's followed more by people in so-called working class um, communities, but perhaps that's not the case. Well, I, I, I think the, you know, the, the, the demography that we're seeing is that uh, football is becoming much more middle class. I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or, or a bad thing, if, if you like. Certainly, it's, it's becoming more diverse. And one of the reasons why football is, uh, is becoming, if you like, more middle class is because of some yeah. of the prices, the, the admission prices that are being, that are being charged for, for seating. And at Griffin Park at the moment, we still have standing, which is quite unusual uh, in, in a ground. But when we move to the new ground, we won't be able to have that uh, standing facility uh, and certainly uh, prices of season tickets, I'm sure, will be that much, that much higher. And certainly, as I have 
gone to matches over you know 20 30 years or more i the the range of voices the range of people that i see in uh, in in the ground has certainly become more more diverse in all sorts of ways including by gender m- m- many more women many more children and across the socio demographic categories uh, as, as well so I, I think looking back on you know a painter like Lowry uh, who who would have painted a picture of going to the match some years back uh, and that would have been predominantly white men now I think if you painted that picture again the the image would be much more diverse and I mean and the next thing you highlight is is commitment yes is commitment I mean there's there's a chant that uh, Brentford players uh, sing that I know uh, many many football uh, clubs sing. It's you know till Brentford, till I die, meaning that that people have a lifelong commitment to the club, and and, and a sponsorship that uh, Brentford did. I think it was two seasons ago, they signed a sponsorship deal with a local funeral director, a local undertaker, and and I, I I'm not aware of any other football club doing that. Maybe it's commonplace. I don't, I don't know. And the idea was that if you uh, you get a discount, I think, if, if you had your funeral, uh, this particular uh, funeral director. But also, if you wished, you could be buried in a coffin in, 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 in the colours of Brentford Football Club. Um, and, and I think many football supporters have, have, have that as, a, you know, as an indication of their, of their commitment. Uh, and, and it did make me think, um, you know, what is it that we, we do within the church that encourages this sort of inter- generational uh, passing on of, of commitment to, to our faith. I, I think there was some research a little while ago that, that said we're actually not very good at passing on our faith to our, our children and our grandchildren. But, it, but in, a, in, a, in a football club setting, that's something that seems to happen much more naturally. I, I don't know about you, Ed, but I, I've, I've never worked in, in an office or somewhere where a you know somebody will come into work on a Monday morning and will say to his colleagues in the office, you know, just to let you know, I used to support uh, Arsenal Football Club, uh, but I've decided to support Tottenham instead. Uh, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I'm, I'm really not aware of that happening unless unless you are. It. It, it's it's a very countercultural thing. No, I've only seen it happen sort of when my son was about five in the playground, but by now, now he's about nearly seven. It's, he's very much firmly committed to one team, which is Arsenal. So I, I think, and from now, I think that will never change. I'd be very surprised if it ever changed. Well, that, that, that's really interesting, isn't it? He'll be totally committed to that. Whether he chooses later in life to, to follow the, the Christian faith yes. is, is, is something else. It's just really interesting. So, so I think, you know, what, what can we do more in, in terms of, you know, encouraging that intergenerational commitment and, and indeed showcasing if that's the right word people who've been at a particular church for many many years we, we do a lot quite rightly to encourage newcomers to church but how do we also you know affirm those who, who've been there for, for many many years and you, you quote Pete Wilcox who is now Bishop of Sheffield but writing in 2008 I think saying um, fans know the cost of discipleship they give sacrificially witness to their faith and are persecuted for it by rivals and is that <laughs> Um, sense of commitment that perhaps we don't always see in, in churches for the Christian faith. Well, absolutely. I mean, Pete Wilcox absolutely um, puts his finger on it there. I think he's, he, he wrote an essay in a book called Praying for England that Continuum published back in, in 2008. It's a really good essay. 
and I've uh, taken quite a bit of his wisdom uh, to use in, 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 in the article. I mean, one of the things, oh, remembering my sort of previous role uh, working in communications for the Church of England, I, I often used to think if we produced a car sticker for the Church of England, would people display it in their cars? <laughs> Uh, but, you know, people would display a Brentford, uh, you know, an Arsenal car sticker or a Brentford car sticker. But would they put something in their window for the Church of England? And I don't know, but it's a very interesting question to ask. And, and it brings out a range of, of views about how people see commitment. I think it's, it's curious the way when if you're at a football match and rival fans are, are shouting um, insults at, at you, you're, you're inclined to sort of dig in deeper to your commitment to the club, whereas as Christians sometimes insults and, and mockery can cause us to kind of hide maybe our faith. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, isn't it? I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. I mean, I, I think some of the negatives about football are, are around tribalism and how that can be, be a negative thing. Um, but I think the flip side of that in terms of commitment and a sense of belonging is, is something within the church. And I think maybe there are lessons for us to learn. And you also talk about enthusiasm. Um, I mean, this is, I think, again, Pete Wilcox um, talks about this. Could you say a bit about that? Well, yes, I think there are, there are, there are two things, uh, other things. We've talked about diversity and commitment. What, one I, I would just like to mention briefly is, is depth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've never sat in a, in a, in a pew uh, listening to people sitting behind me uh, with anticipation, uh, talking about what might come out in the lectionary readings or, or, or in the sermon. And yet I have sat in football grounds and heard people around me have such a deep knowledge of, of, the, of the match and the players and the history of the club and all those sorts of things. So I, thought I find that quite challenging in the terms of the knowledge that people have in football. And uh, an enthusiasm, slightly tongue in cheek, I think, Ed, but I, the enthusiasm that I see at football matches the sense of anticipation before the kickoff uh, are things that I don't really see replicated in in church. And maybe some people would say, "Well, that, you know, that, that's absolutely right. The church should be a very different, uh, a very different place." But I I, I do wonder, um, you know, and, and you know, speaking back, you know, straight back to myself as as a Church of England priest, do I bring a sense of anticipation to a service each time we gather together? to worship. Uh, it would be so good if each of us was anticipating uh, an encounter with, with the living God. Uh, and each of us were perhaps on the edge of our seats for about how, how God could speak to us today. And I give the example of being in, in, a, in a service where there is, a, there is an opportunity for uh, believers to talk about their week, to just to share something of, of what's been happening to them during that week talk about how their faith has proved relevant in, in, in the days outside of Sunday, uh, and maybe to share something about how God may be speaking to them. Uh, and through that, the service is, is to a degree uh, tweaked or influenced. Uh, so as we come together as, as a gathered community, we are together listening to say, you know, what is it that God wants to speak to us uh, about today. So there's a shared expectancy uh, sometimes in church services that perhaps has some reflection or is, is a mirror perhaps of something that can happen in a, in, a, in a football ground. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. 
You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.